Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago, and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com. And use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. You aren't going to believe today's episode. It is an extremely very special episode. Probably the most transformational episode that we've ever done. And uh, it's been a heck of a week of cannabis legalization news. Our news summary, we have some stuff out of the uh, Congress. And we also have stuff out of uh, different states. Different states being Maryland, Michigan, uh, New Mexico, more Michigan, Phoenix, so that's Arizona. Uh, And then quite a bit of federal news at the top of the hour, and also big news out of Illinois. Um, I'm just going to bring Mingy on and let's uh, talk about what happened. Yo, happy Sunday, man. Happy Sunday. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. Probably the most special episode that's ever happened. (laughs) Yes. Also, I want to, you know, during this heat wave, dude, you know, because of the thing I've been doing and the the, the news I follow, uh, shout out and thoughts of prayers to all the prisoners going through the heat in the, in the prisons out there because this is not the best health care. So you got people locked up for the fucking plant still going through this if you think you're miserable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those deals where uh, it's it's not fair, but uh, they're still there. And, yeah. Um, that but, sucks. And, and we, we, you know, we, that's how we know each other. We've been working hard against this prohibition. But I have a bumper for the thing that we're about to talk about. Oh, do you? Yes. Ready? A uh, new bumper. All right. Let's try out a new bumper. All right. Let's play a game. <laughs> What's that? Who wants to be a millionaire, baby? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm sorry. I I was working on various projects that are already past due. And so, like, I am not doing any more CLE presentations unless I have somebody who's writing it with me or for me. 
because then like I'm, I'm sitting there behind the eight ball on CLE presentations. And then the YouTube producers are like, Hey, you need to shoot something. And, and then here's a whole bunch of revisions and I haven't gotten a chance to work through the revisions or shoot anything else. But, uh, we had a new uh, episode that came out yesterday and it's playing. All right. Hopefully you guys watch that. It's how you can legally make money in the cannabis industry. If you did check it out, uh, let us know what you thought about it, either in the chat or, uh, you know, in the comments. And not just, uh, I mean, I think it's like special too because uh, you, you kind of walk the talk, man. You're living the truth. That uh, uh, we did not, we we haven't shared a screen yet. And Miggy and I are a little off of our game, uh, and we can, I guess, start telling you why uh, we're a little off our game. It's just because we live in this land of make believe that we really haven't really wrapped our heads around. So uh, earlier this week, Illinois had a lottery, then Miggy and I were in it, and. Uh, so some things happened uh, during that lottery. For example, they had it, and they updated this page on Thursday. Illinois has given out 55 new licenses, and here's the uh, list of the top participants per the BLS regions. It came out uh, on May the 13th. I'm sorry, July the 13th, which was just Thursday. Uh, and if you scroll down into uh, BLS region Number, not five, that's Chicago. You can see how many are in Chicago right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, number 10. BLS Region 10, the fight in Peoria. Uh, you see what the, the second one is right there? Look at that. That'd be uh, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to like save people on, and again, this is one of the things that we're trying to find is a YouTube intern that will produce the show with us so I don't have to do it on the fly. Uh, maybe if we can ever get Miggy's Pot Shops operational, uh, we'll have that in the budget. But I, uh, yeah, Miggy and I won a cannabis dispensary, and and, and I honestly think, dude, Doc, we're, like this is day one of documentation of this whole adventure, right? Like, you know, now we have to like prove the documentation. We have to go through the process of like, getting the temporary license, right? Conditional. Or, uh, we need conditional. to go get the conditional license awarded, Miggy. Yeah, very important. So that's the, important. the really first part where I really feel like we'll have a first step over. You know, like. I'm always, like I, I was telling uh, Cole from Chill Noise, dude, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like uh, it's like a new adventure. It's a new fight and, and, and the business plan's solid. Like the the way, you know, working with you and, and what you already have laid out, what, what we, like I'm looking forward to the friends and family portion of the fundraising, right? Because I really mm -hmm. think I can help people in my circle that will like, hey, we're going to, you know, that we have a license, right? But that's yeah. the license is just a gateway. Cause you got to have a plan, right? Like, right. Uh, when I used to be a, a young uh, salesman, right? When I used to uh, uh, sell apes, I made enough to pay my rent, but it was never enough to like, hey, this we're gonna go on vacation, and that's the whole part of the license structure. It's the uh, we're gonna be behind it. I'm looking forward to like hopefully providing people with a living wage. You know, like this, this, this is going to be huge on my. Oh, okay, man. Let's first get operational, and then we'll yeah. talk about giving away all the money we haven't made yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so the first, the first thing that Miggy and I have to do is prove his eligibility, and yeah. so after that, Miggy's going to be able to see in real time what I do for a living, and so will you guys, because uh, this is going to be highly educational as our YouTube channel kind of morphs into a uh, reality TV show. <laughs> about how to get a cannabis uh, dispensary operational in the state of Illinois, uh, which will be great, especially once we get that conditional license. And so Miggy and yeah. I are now very, uh, we're very, uh, we're almost done. And, and then once you have that, I have to write it up. And so that's one of the things also that I shared earlier. And uh, this is extremely important. And so we should kind of go over it, you know, as part of the news. Uh, oh, yeah. Do we still have that up or, or not? And let me just pull it back up. And then that's the thing. This is the Wyoming statute that Miggy has been uh, adjudicated delinquent. Well, you know, he was found guilty of, arrested for as well. There it is. It is uh, the Wyoming statute 35-7-1031. says so on his citation that we have to tender to the state of Illinois. And it's all the way down here. A, for a controlled substance in plant form, nor more than three ounces. 
Uh, and so he was caught with uh, less than 500 grams because 300 ounces, I'm sorry, three ounces would be 28 times three, which is far less than 500. Mm. Uh, and now Miggy then has to prove eligibility. And this was fun. Like when we were doing this and we applied on this YouTube show. So yes, you, know, live. If you guys have been yeah, live. So if you've been uh, watching this since day one, come on, you know, give yourselves some love, you know, don't forget to click the, the like button for you. Uh, and uh, so now we have to get his evidence of residency in that area. Uh, it won't take us but, you know, a little bit of time. And uh, then we have to submit all of that organized very well so that the IDPFR uh, can review it and be like, yeah. And then uh, there's several more steps. There's a 1536 application, and then there's a huge application that we just don't even have, which is really, really interesting because uh, back in the day when I won these licenses for my other clients, we had to write like a 300-page textbook about how our, our dispensary works, bro. Wow. Well, yeah. And, and, and again, working with you, somebody who's been through this process, you know the market out there, you know, like, because uh, we are going to be in Peoria. We're going to be in your backwoods. We are. We're opening a dispensary in Peoria, which is where I live, which is also that city hall right there. Now, I'm not sure if we'll be literally in Peoria. We've already started our analysis for where uh, we're going to be opening this dispensary. First, we have to make sure that we get the conditional license. And then uh, you know, tune in to future episodes where we're going to talk about the three LLCs. Well, three corporate entities. There will be one C-Corp and two LLCs. One of the LLCs will hold the license. That'll be Miggy and I. Yeah. I'm the manager. He owns 51%. Uh, and then that'll make our eligibility. But we can't change that until we're operational. And so that's where the C-Corp comes in and uh, gets its hooks in us. And then also another LLC develops the real estate. Uh, so we're going to have interesting episodes ahead about yeah. how you can capitalize your uh, real estate and I'm sorry, capitalize your dispensary to get it operational. And then not only that, um, there's other stuff because then it's like, how do you sell it? How do well, you value it? That's the first thing we are, are getting done right now. Slobodan in our office is, yeah. is helping me uh, build the financial model because then we're going to sell shelf space agreements. Yeah. Uh, we're going to sell naming rights or like IP licensing agreements. Exactly. Another thing so that we can hold on to more of the equity. And then we'll do what they call convertible debt obligations. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, this is the, the, the thing about legalization and, and, and cannabis business right now that is like the frustrating part for like all the the young hippies, right? Like they want to just be like, well, I just I can grow it and sell it on my back door at the farmer's market. I mean, which ideally back in the day you could kind of get away with it, but you only make enough to pay your rent. There's no real business storefront uh, uh, thing that you can do, which is necessary for uh, any industry. Uh, it's like that Willy Wonka, you know, you, you own the stores, you can control the chocolate, you know, and, and we're, we're going to have a store. And that's going to be like. Yeah, but I mean, one of the first things we're doing is getting getting control to a manager that knows what they're doing, has a yeah. brand that wants to expand it, because like that's so much freaking work and so many mistakes that you just don't want to make. You want to skip over that and use somebody else who's already operating in other mm -hmm. uh, similarly situated states or that wants to operate another one here. Right. Uh, and then uh, you make deals. And so there's going to be deals that happen and then we have to get operational. So right now it's uh, traffic pattern analysis. Yep. So there's a BLS well, region that we have to find. And, and especially with the, 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 uh, um, the, like the birth of the, like we just got the license, which also makes eligible for- We like are eligible for award of a conditional license, yes. provided that I get the documentation that I need from you and then put it into a format, then I submit mm -hmm. it to the regulators and then they give us the conditional license. That's- And that's the first that's step of uh, unbutt yeah. puckering. But then, right. you know, yeah. like like right now, the shirt I'm wearing is from uh, Skagit Organics. This is their branding. You know, people like, a lot of people like this shirt. My, I love, my wife hates the shirt. I love it. But uh, uh, <laughs> this is great marketing right here, right? But talking to him, they're talking about IP too, and they're like, "Hey, because we're we're allowing other brands to come to Illinois, and and, mm -hmm. and that's kind of really cool that you know we're kind of a gateway. You know, who we partner with is going to be a huge uh, thing. You know, and and again, I really just wanted transparency and to have the you know do good things with this. Uh, we'll see. You know, this yeah. is uh, an industry that's very difficult, and so. Uh, first, like again, you want to be in a position where it's not about the money. We have the money, we can get operational. We need the right partners. And then that's, that allows us to have um, uh, better stuff that we can do. Because in any state that happens, 
like we're there we're applying there like right now we're applying in missouri we're gonna apply in maryland we're gonna apply in minnesota we're gonna apply in your state too one day um and so uh, to do that you kind of need to make the content and then you have to win the licenses and then you have to stand the licenses up and then you need your operational partners and so what is 40 percent of the shelf space of a cannabis dispensary in peoria illinois worth that's math and so those are some models that we get to build next yes yeah, and that's like the next step after securing the license, right? Presenting the after models. getting the conditional license, yeah. yeah. We, we demonstrate eligibility, and so like we're we're basically there. I have to. It'll it'll take me like a few hours to put together all the materials, and then you'll see it, and then we'll upload it uh, and go to the next step. And then we'll use those models to our friends and families first, right? We don't need to go into the uh, uh, like. I mean, you have people already offering to you, but sure. like you know that's. Right, the rate, the fundraising to, to secure the real estate, and then to you know do however much that costs, and then uh, retrofitting the the establishment, whatever that it costs, and then paying people just to be there until the the, the traffic yeah. does come through. It's like Top the X, Amazon X. model where you're out of money first, and then the profits start coming in after. You'll you'll need about well, it depends on how much uh, of the credit market you access. And I have a, a nice company that will call and see if we can get our real estate uh, development loan on that. Hmm. But uh, let's say it's $1.5 million to build out the dispensary. So you would need about a third of that. Like, down. Okay. And then uh, then you would probably also need about, you know, 500 large as well for yeah. your overhead for all your training and building out and, and all the other stuff that you have to do. So it might be a million dollar capital risk, but uh, yeah. we have to do the model and then we have to identify the locations and then we have to look at, you know, what we're selling. But, uh, and by selling, I mean rights, like contractual sure. rights. Yeah. Because I mean, this is essentially about sales space. So we're just gonna be the store first, right? And then we have potential to be a grow. We could do processing, right? Like bring another IP of people who want to. We work can. With us. We can get. We can get a gross, but then yeah. you have to buy those. I mean, I I might get one from a lawsuit, but pff, we'll see about that. And then a lot of my clients will be getting them from a lawsuit, and a lot of my clients already have them. So like yeah. we could see if that's a shelf space agreement opportunity. But that's we, all in the future, you know. And yeah. all these nice people that are joining us, we should probably do the news that is oh, right. not related to our dispensary, uh, because the, the last thing they want to, this to turn into is us just talking about how it is to start a dispensary uh that will be the other program that we'll do the uh the uh, reality show of it but there's going to be so much educational content on this channel now about operating uh, in the industry which we could not do uh, until we had uh, the rights that we have now well the rights that we hope to have after yeah. we evidence that we're eligible to get the conditional license yes and, and again each state's different too we're we won this vertical market license but you could have won a horizontal market like i could have in washington state but the irony is i don't qualify in washington yep. state but i do in your state so hey whatever hey you're you're we're yeah we just uh, gotta get your pay stubs and then uh we're golden yeah. and so uh and i'm assuming 23 works so we have to go from 19 to 23 you know 19 20 21 22 23 Ooh. and we're good you know what i would like to do though if uh, uh whatever we do within the the company model i would like to bring in a cow lab you know because that's what i do for a living so I would uh, like to, or at least gonna have to... like an internal quality control uh again you're gonna have to make the business uh, case for the the allocation of the resources but yeah you're welcome to do so yeah and yeah, then I, we'd have to we'd have to see why that makes money and sense to the, the quality and integrity how do we turn that into a revenue source that's that's really the reputation the, invoices revenue <laughs> cash flow it's, see, what, uh, I, what i do yeah. for a living is a cost anyways no matter what even in tech i'm, I'm a cost because you know when I do a good job, when nothing happens, that's essentially how I explain calibration. Yeah, I guess in, maybe in business it'd be called Six Sigma, but you shouldn't really mm. even get into Six Sigma. But there's there's policies that we will have and a lot of KPIs regarding how things function. But yeah, it's it's cash flow. That's yeah. what it's about. Somebody's so, right, uh, not calibration, cash flow. No, I understand. But, I, you know, I, I, I do the... Uh, quality insurance but hey somebody's saying that in their state they have to be a, uh, an owner resident but resident 
Yeah. Isn't it? What state is that? Because I thought all these lawsuits have stopped. Nope. The Maryland's doing that right now, and oh. Maryland is just cruising for getting sued because the way that they yeah. define social equity is uh, pretty close to going over a line, and then they've definitely crossed a line when it comes to the dormant commerce clause. So they can file a lawsuit to shut down Maryland uh, because they require. Um, residency in the state or they require you to have like gone basically to an HBCU so it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out and that's that's also a social equity lottery just like the one we had here but um, more exclusive and so like Illinois opened theirs up because they got sued for being in-state only and then they changed their rules Uh, same with Missouri same with Maine, same with a lot of these states. And so, you know, if your state calls for uh, 100% ownership or eligibility for only in-state residency, um, yeah, somebody will file a lawsuit to, to try to get into that. Boys in the Shoes sums are up for me. Uh, ROI and QA is uh, consumer purchases. Repeat, consumer purchases. Correct. Correct. <laughs> That's yeah. There is going to be, it's a, a, you put your customer first. I don't really care about the... Uh, calibration of like whether or not the volts are correct it's the volts ain't paying the bills yep uh so we got a uh, rep dave you got it yep joyce's uh, proposal for federal study on marijuana regulations rejected by house committee yeah it might be a minute and a half until the republicans come around on cannabis because they still aren't uh into it it seems they had this wonderful uh, proposal to study marijuana regulations at a state-by-state basis to see which state is doing it right and that got shut down by a republican house committee so it will not be making it out of committee not getting a vote no floor action for that bill and uh, so long uh, representative dave joyce's proposal for trying to prepare the United States for a, uh, a legal cannabis market. Are Republicans like sadist? You know, like they are just... not sadist, but like it is their policy that this is bad. I'm just saying like, it just seems like everything they do sucks. And then like the one person that like shines for them, they just squash that voice like of reason. And uh, um, you know, I just wish they were a party of like grownups. They used to be, but yeah, then um, uh, after Ronald Reagan and, and George Bush's dad, it just yeah. So we got some state uh, state news states states. Well, I was states. at the FDA. Was it FDA? That's good. Fast. Yeah. No, yeah, states. Yeah. But it's okay. I'll scroll down. States give marijuana data to Biden administration for rescheduling oh, review. It. Yeah. And so uh, it is coming at them. At least five states with medical marijuana uh, camp uh, policies have shared data, including products patients are using and how they are affected uh, with United States health regulators as part of Biden's administrative review of whether to remove marijuana from the federal government list of the most dangerous drugs. Um, Ms. MJ Biz Daily is reporting this on July 13th. It's the same day we won that dispensary. Which we but we need more studies. Here. Um, They have done studies all throughout its prohibition. They don't need more studies. They need to listen to the studies they've already done. They've just ignored all the studies. So 422 is 422. Oh, I'm uh, again, I'm I'm running this show on a Mac uh, book air. And so I can't see. That's okay. I'm in the kernel of a a bedroom in the corner. I, I really hope that when we get the dispensary, you know, set up, like we have one of the larger cannabis YouTube channels about policy, and it's just two guys like uh, doing this on the fly. Hey, did you even hit the bumper, bro? Did you even hit the bumper? You gotta hit the bumper. I'm a stoner, man. I forgot. Oh, I hate that. I've given up to the AI gods. And thank you, Collateral Base, for that message. Oh, yeah, you should. Because Collateral Base helped you achieve this. Don't forget, remember when uh, we applied using my stuff to to get in there? And then uh, we won, which, of course, when you have an 8% chance of winning, that means you have an 8% chance of winning. And that's not nothing, but it is 92% nothing. And so uh, we bucked the trend. We didn't win the Powerball, though. I did not win no. that. But uh, this this is a this is a liability to be honest. This is a big big liability. And now we have to make some deals with some great operators that's and go it. make some some effing money. Well, that's what, what, what it's it, about. Well, that and justice. 
Yeah, but what I what I what I see is like you know, uh, uh, like like telling uh, was telling Cole it's just a uh, um, this could be a lottery ticket or it could be a boat, right? Because I you know boats are very expensive and you just keep putting money into it to keep it afloat. But I think with our plan, it's more solid than that. Like I I look at these big big boys, the MSOs that fail all the time, and it's like that's because they're out of touch with like the actual business business side of things. I think that's not again uh, the, one of the reasons why the MSOs have trouble, and there's various reasons why the MSOs have trouble. Um, it, it, overconfidence in and having a lot of investor money is a, somewhat of a bad thing. So like you have an AOL Time Warner merger problem where you're going to overpay, and then sometimes you can fall in love with the numbers and the mathematical models and projections that you have. And then you also, and it's a different management style than what we, we're going to use the cash flow management style, like, you know, fundamental analysis. Yeah. We aren't going to use the Amazon growth uh, analysis style um, because for our rights to vest, we have to get this thing up. We're going to start a C-Corp, but the C-Corp can't buy the LLC that we have to, you know, because we need three people to start a C-Corp. And okay. so we can't do that. Well, we can't. But that's like the thing. We're, we're giving away that board seat so that we can start the C-Corp and we have to start a clock because that's why it is a consumer packaged goods company. There's a section in the Internal Revenue Code called 1202. And so that allows us to exempt up to $10 million capital gains tax-free if we hold the small business stock for five years. Welcome to the corporate weirdo world. I get to be uh, your driver. That's why you need a freaking lawyer. I'm just saying like... and. and you know, it's kind of like with me, what I do with my day job of, of working with RF, right? Like, I could explain it to you, but I mean, what I say are words that are English, but they don't mean shit to you for the most part. But the same thing with the fiscal side of things, like talking about all the fiduciary, uh, C-Corping, and, and you and other rules. Like, I'm so glad that you're the next banking lawyer who knows all that back noise. And, uh, this is going to be truly. I, uh, I was a licensed stockbroker after yeah. I got out of college. <laughs> Law school. I shouldn't call law school college whatever. But after I got out of law school, I became a stockbroker. It just happened to be 2008 at the time. I am in a, uh, uh, what's the name of the bank that failed? Not Bear Stearns, uh, the other one. It might actually be Bear Stearns. I have to check. I have like their, their magazines and like their posters, which is hilarious. They're like about integrity and stuff. Whatever one the Bank of America bought, I think it was Bear oh. Stearns. But um, it's hilarious. But that, you were in that. that that, no, like that's what this used to be. This oh, used shit. to be, uh, and so like you know, that, the, yeah. And so the, the the this office has been like empty for like twenty years, and then I bought it because it was cheap, and uh, and I'm cleaning it out. I'm like, holy crap, this is that that uh, that investment bank that failed. They had an office here. Yes, <laughs> they didn't make it out of two thousand and eight. You know, I at least became a bank lawyer. <laughs> that's pretty dope, dude. Merrill Lynch, yeah. Daniel says. Merrill Lynch. That's right. This is the old Merrill Lynch office. And so they got, uh, that was, they were in the big short. They went down and uh, uh, that's when I became a stockbroker, like right as they were failing. And, and I moved in, to Illinois, I took the bar and became a bank lawyer. Uh, so it, it took me another 15 years to get to the point where I'm like, okay, let's put together these corporations, see how much cash that we're going to be making. And then that's what your share price is, bro. Let's start talking about your warrant strategy. We should sell some warrants to finance our uh, startup. I'm listening. You know it. Sure. So we oh, got a GOP-controlled House yeah. committee blocks every marijuana and psychedelics amendment to the defense bill from getting. You've got to be kidding me! Uh, said, face. yeah, yeah, shock face. Holy crap! You've got to be kidding me. GOP-controlled House committee blocks every marijuana and psychedelics amendment and defense bill. Uh, from getting floor vote. And so like the, this d very large defense bill, you know, almost a trillion dollars was just passed almost along bipartisan, no, no, by, uh, yes, when, when they pass something and it's basically party lines, almost a party line, very few yeah. defectors. And so uh, they shut down our industry and they don't want our industry because if they wanted our industry, they wouldn't have shut it down. And uh, again, I don't have any problems with Republicans. It's just that it's weird that they hate our industry. Well, I think they hate freedom. <laughs> you know, I don't think, a lot no, of the, the Republicans uh, west of the, the Mississippi are like small government, you know, freedom, no, know. like, you know, economic freedom, personal liberty no, freedom, like freedom, you know, Nevada not, Republicans. Yeah. But, well, I wouldn't even, they, they, the Nevada Republicans are not good because they were willing to, uh, what is it, like, the, the fake electoral shit like uh just dismiss a bunch of real votes that's crazy but uh um, yeah 
you know, I just I just wish that Republicans liked people. You know, it just seems that they hate fellow Americans, man. Like, uh, when was this? Three days ago. The same day that Miggy and I uh, yes. may have won a license. Marijuana Moments reporting that the NDAA, that is the National Defense Authorization Act. This is where they just boatloads of money goes to the Department of Defense, almost a trillion dollars. And they're just shutting it down when it comes to allowing cannabis. Matt Gates, I uh, don't agree with him on many things, but I do agree with him on weed sometimes. He's disappointed that these amendments have not been approved for a vote. It's a consequence in living in a geriocracy of Congress that is a boomer field of drug policy, the congressman said. Okay, let's uh, look up this word, gerotocracy. Let's see here. Uh, look up gerotocracy. I would say it sounds like geriatric, maybe, so like old. I'm just going to hit copy and then go up here and then hit paste. Am I, still, am I still sharing the screen? You're still sharing. All right. It is a state or society or a group governed by old people. And it is ah, pronounced. Oh, uh, hang on. Gerontocracy. Gerontocracy. And so Gerontocracy. welcome to the gerontocracy, everybody. It's the boomers. It's the boomers. Right. I don't I know like anymore, it. though, man, because, you know, I just like they are Internet savvy, right? Like the... Those guys somehow won with the the last unlikable guy in the world, but like like when the devil tells you you're not mad that the devil burns you or whatever, so it's like, how did you go behind that guy? Like, I just don't. I don't know, but let let's talk let's talk about one of the other studies, like the studies that come out that are like, man, legalizing is just a good policy. Yes. Here's one. Justice Department report shows 61% decline in federal marijuana prisoners as states started legalizing. It's uh, shocking. Shocking. What? Yeah. You're telling me that as states start legalizing, and again, remember, states are the lead law enforcement wing of your country because you have the police powers. The limited government is the federal government. Federal crimes took many years to develop and to get as robust as they were. Uh, the, the Controlled Substances Act really helped kind of spur that because it's starting to criminalize uh, you know, drug use. I, I want that, you know, the, uh, you ever see uh, Puss in Boots, the series? No. The cartoon. Anyway, there's like a little cat that pops every once in a while. It goes, Ooh. that's what we need for shit like this. <laughs> oh, this is another reason why we need an intern that gets all of Miggy's hip kid references. Right? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I was reading um, uh, financial statements again. I well, you have a baby now. So like you'll be able to, to do like the cartoon up to up to 20 years from now. You'll be able to. Like, I, I don't know. It's now. all Paw Patrol. It's, it's Paw Patrol. It's Peppa Pig. Sometimes the bubble guppies are involved. Um, You're lucky uh, Caillou's not involved. That guy's a little dick. No, there's no Caillou. Fortunately, <laughs> uh, we we boycott Canadian television. Hysterical. You guys are no, we don't. We, we don't boycott Canadian television. <laughs> they just We make up stuff on the internet for entertainment purposes. Illinois awards 55 more adult-use marijuana retail licenses. And so uh, that was reported this week. 2,700 applicants trying to go after one of these conditional retail licenses. And they were reserved for entrepreneurs who meet the state's social equity criteria. That's right. Uh, do we have it up? Yes, we do. Uh, Miggy's Pot Shop is 51% social equity owned at the time the of the application. Yeah, and now the work starts. Uh, yes, we have to create an LLC, for example. That, yeah. That'll do next week. I don't think we're gonna call it Miggy's Pot Shop, you know, because Maybe we'll just, because of the government, but we can call it <laughs> Miggy's Pottery Shop. Ooh, uh, and, cool. and so, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, but I, I'm also thinking Miggy's Consumer Package Goods. You know, no, I think uh, that's better uh, off, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, better say so sorry, dude. You know, I'm just like, so like earlier when I smoked, and with the internet game and social media and, and, and the algorithm, it gets so frustrating. Like, I just got banned again on Facebook. What'd you do this time? Nothing, Miggy getting dude. banned on social media again. I post me smoking weed, playing golf, and then I post uh, me like, oh, look at this. I, I, I got this big doink right here that I plan to smoke. Doink. We confirmed the uh, uh, the license, but um, I'm just, I just post stuff like that. Little simple memes that I would share with like in front of my kids and stuff. I'm like, what is so great? And then, of course, it says the AI flagged me. But then, like, there's no, uh, I can contest it. It just said slap on the wrist. You can't chat, which I don't care. And 
uh, join groups. Like, what kind of fucking punishment is this? It was the weirdest thing, and it was, but it noted the marijuana. No matter what, it, it noted marijuana and what was the, the at fault. You yeah. need to be a, a good American and stop doing marijuana. You know what you should do instead? You I'm should take up Brazilian jiu-jitsu and challenge Mark Zuckerberg to a wrestle. You know? you know, according to DEA, I should be an influencer. You should. Oh, Have good. you seen that article? No. The DEA, or the, uh, on Marijuana Moment, but the DEA tweeted that uh, uh, seven ways to like, uh, seven things to do not when you're, to not get high. One was play video games. Dude, I smoke fucking weed all the time play video games. Uh, what? Didn't want to be a social media influencer. <laughs> I mean, it was the dumbest, placating, weirdest little article. I was like, who, the, who wrote this shit? <laughs> I don't know, but being a social media indicator has to be an exhausting profession. Oh, there we go, dude. Look at that. Miggy's what is apothecary. that? Miggy's apothecary. Yes. Uh, it may also just be Miggy's. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to file an LLC in Illinois because, well, nobody's going to spend 150 bucks to screw with this. But I think <laughs> maybe, but um, it's wide open when it comes to that. And then again, like this LLC is going to get subsumed into a C Corp and it's going to be a single member LLC before you know, two years from now, because we have a holding period for the, uh, the, the C-Corp and we can't file uh, a C-Corp without three um, uh, board members and we can't any, add any new board members until after we're operational. So it's going to be a very intricate uh, corporate opening uh, for our incubators that we do a lot of. And so there's going to be a lot of similar contracts uh, that we help our clients win these lotteries all over the country. But uh, good times. Good times are going to be ahead right here on CLN. Tune I mean, in. Again, walking the talk, man. Uh, seeing that, I know you've done the business before. You've talked about it. For other really, people. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and then, again, you can't really, uh, you know, uh, give the divulge too much information about a client, right? Whereas you and me are the partners. It's like, let's tell everybody how we do this shit. <laughs> Well, that's part. that's also true. But then, like, you know, we have NDAs and stuff, and yeah. then I'm joining a law firm and separating the consulting firm from the law firm entirely uh, for compliance and, and best practices. But there's a lot that we can tell people. Because, like, I subscribe to the let me show you how McDonald's makes a hamburger uh, ideology where you can show somebody how McDonald's makes a hamburger, and they can't do it at home because it requires all that supply chain and equipment yeah. and shit. Yep. And so uh, you are just really talking only to your uh, ideal type of a client who has the capacity to be able to open up one of these things by creating an incubator so that it gets open for business, you know, after the, uh, the lucky person emerges from the lottery. Mm. Which just got exciting. so happened to be us this time. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Extremely exciting. Way more so than what's going on over in California. No-go zones. Cartels setting up marijuana farms in the United States. Farms run and protected by Mexican and Asian organized crime. Some neighbors say they are afraid to leave their property. This is coming at us from News Nation. Uh, and it was reported on July 12th. The Sheriff's Department in Riverside County, California, is waging war on so-called no-go zones in the rural desert where drug cartels are paying cash for land and setting up illegal marijuana farms. It's another reoccurring issue in California, though, man. You know how long they've been doing this in the, in the woods of Humboldt and stuff, like in the uh, national forest, you know, not the people who own property, but the fucking forest. Well, not only that, um, you don't see them, like, setting up in the hills and hollers of Kentucky to make, like, illegal moonshine, do you? Oh, yeah. Because it's, right? it's a regulated industry. And so regulate yeah. the industry. Uh, the cartels hopefully will get out of it. But, you know, it's not like the cartels or the mob, whatever, got out of gambling when it went legitimate. No, but, you know, this they is just the, owned it. Yeah. Well, I would say this is the transition time, right? Like with the oligarch money to get into the uh, thing, right? Like oligarch money can jump into this and then hide their money. We're the same thing with the cartels, right? Like I never understood, especially in, in Mexico now, this is an opportunity for cartels to take over. But the thing is, they are so scary and militant there. Nobody wants to talk about the business like the opportunity to just now go legit like they don't have to like kill randos and do the, all the violent stuff that's been happening for years i mean legalization how will they fear help. you it's not just and about respect it's about that's fear i want loyalty based on fear yeah respect and admiration you're terrified that's uh, the problem i don't know i don't rule. think i don't think that's how you're supposed to run a company you know 
motivating employees. They're going to the stars and their goals and dreams. No, 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 it's fear. But you can legit funnel money now in, 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 in legit ways that you don't have to do, but that's how they have no, to I, I, I'm invest. doing a freaking CLE for uh, the NBI on cannabis business and financing, so I just had it right again for like the nine millionth time i'm gonna fortunately i'm gonna keep this one so i can whip out that chestnut later in the future uh on how there is ctrs and then there's also sars and so like one's called a ctr and the other one they just call sars and so these are bank things that have to be completed based on the bank secrecy act which has the anti-money laundering provisions both the bank secrecy act and the controlled substances act 1970 fucking nixon so get rid of those and then but money's easier to funnel no those uh those make the the regulations for uh, bank compliance more onerous because then oh. every time you deposit more than ten thousand dollars you have to fill out what they call a ctr okay. that's the uh, the currency transaction report and okay. those are required and so like in the in this industry we're going to be doing like a boatload of those ctrs yeah. bro because if you're moving tens of thousands of dollars in cash into a bank they have to do that that's one of the reasons why cannabis banking is so expensive because of the compliance costs gotcha. and then there will be a cannabis SAR that will be filed uh, a marijuana SAR because it's named after the thing that it's called in federal law so that is a, a suspicious activity report after the yeah. bank files them they are not allowed to talk about them and that's why you have a lawyer on your side but again even winning this ticket it does not mean like Tomorrow I'll quit my day job. I still have another two years. No. Oh, yeah. 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 We got a lot to take care of before you're able to quit the day job. Yeah. Uh, But it's fine, though. There's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And there's a again, once we uh, uh, get that. You can't unwind your stock position for five years, by the way. And so, like, that's the other thing. Tied in with Uh, it. Unless you want to get hit on capital gains tax, you can't sell your C-Corp shares for five years. Okay. Yep. So, like, I want to give up, you know, whatever percentage of whatever, then that's fine. But I think I'll be sticking around for a while because I really do want to be part of the change. You know, like all the bitching I do and the seeing the the, the the stuff that's not good, I would like to be a part of something and, and help control and, and monitor, you know, something with my name and keep it within standards. You know, for, you know, patients, I never understood why this consumable plant, whether it's recreational or for your medicine, it has two different standards. It's still a consumable product. It's like selling medicinal hamburgers. I don't know. They all should be cooked properly to certain degrees, kill all the bacteria inside, and give you the same experience that you want. So, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. And so we got some uh, over-the-line news out of the Detroit Free Press that happened this week as well. Right. I'm not sure if you guys saw this one. Uh, the weed bar screwed up. And they have a recall on their hands. That's something that we might have to... We're going to... See, that's the thing that I'm not sure about. Like with these uh, licenses that are conditional. And now we have to change over. And so, like, what's the procedure going to be for that? Because I had to write a recall policy and procedures for, uh, like, my clients that won the license in the first round when they had to have an application. We haven't had to do an application. Now we, like, prove eligibility, and I'm, then I bet we have to do an application. And so then I'm going to have to write, well, fortunately, I've already written the ones that are compliant, so I already have one. Um, I'll have to create document automation to help other people like us write one. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, uh, this would be a great example of why we need a cow lab in our, you know, to, to test the, this like, yes the cow lab for the p- production side that's qaqc but you're on the consumer package good side we're just trying to we want to have baskets of greater size in greater numbers oh sure but i want to also uh protect my consumers and know that they're getting the quality that we pay for because we pay for it they're going to pay for it right i mean it's, it's, this is all pulling people's dollars out i mean that's what yeah. you know people don't like talking about money but in the end game, whether you're working hourly, you're, you're trading hours for dollars, or or you actually gonna run a business, you're, yeah. you're there's a product and there's a consumer, and I'd like to keep those consumers our name, you know, in the good. And I know you're you're on board. I just talk it out loud with our 206 people. Yep. No, you're supposed to put your customer number one. But uh, yeah, these guys uh, they screwed up. They shipped 200 milligrams of THC instead of the 100 and so that strawberry crunch bar was a little too extreme and then they had to issue a recall so recalls do happen because 
they didn't they didn't have their QAQC uh, running correctly when they manufactured that good. I wonder if they posted that first and then people went to the shelves and swept them up. Because I mean, you're like, oh nope. no, no, no. I'm there is a I... legitimate no. That, again, like that's one of the things where like, you eventually will get a chance to read the application that is like the owner's manual of the dispensary, if which we hope to be awarded a conditional license to have. Uh, right. And so like, there is, and I wrote one before, it's like 10 or 15 pages long. This is what happens with a recall. And so you would have gotten that notice and then it would have been like, okay. And then there's checklists and all this other stuff that happens. And you report back to the state police, all sorts of stuff. You might even have to destroy things. I mean, it's um, oh, yeah, definitely. welcome to the highly regulated space. So like I've been yeah. in banking and then a lawyer for a while. You do Cal, which is, you know, anal. But uh, now it's going to be like... Yeah, it's like highly regulated. So everything has a policy and a procedure. Oh no, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely no like each thing's gonna have a processy. But like when upon discovery of like, oh, we gave out ten times the the potency of this brownie. Uh, do you actually put it out by accident? Like, hey everybody, uh, stop eating this. And then everybody actually goes to the shelves. You know, it's like the opposite of what you you know you send out one message, but then everybody does the opposite because like sweet. Everybody wants higher dosages for the most part. No, like, like again, that might have exposed you to a fine. And so you would never mm. have done that. As soon okay. as you get the notice, there is a quarantine policy in place. And you're like, and it, there's also no shelves in Illinois. Like you go mm. and buy cannabis in, in Washington state, you're allowed to have inventory like on display. That does not exist yeah. in Illinois. There's oh, no such shit. thing as inventory. That the inventory exists in a secured location out back. Uh, Missouri has like so an, an order up window kind of, and so like that secured location can't have like a little box where you're like, all right, number fifty six, you know, and uh, yes, correct. But it's all yeah. it's uh, you're gonna you're gonna see in real time. Uh, a highly regulated industry, it's gonna yeah. be good watching. <laughs> No kidding, dude. I mean, well, you guys have been uh, well-regulated since medical. That This is the evolution of your medical uh, regulations, as far as I see it. Yeah. Uh, there's a recall yeah. notification. Yeah. Of course there is. There's, there is a whole policy and procedure. Everything will... Well, and then if you don't follow it, it's your ass. So yeah. you really have to make... And then there's, there's SOPs that you have beyond the application. Like, that is like the daily checklist. It's like, oh, we just got a notice. Turn to page seven. And then, you know, you go through the procedure. Uh, mm. But yeah, man, that's uh, one thing. Speaking of regulations, the, we've done some stuff in New Mexico before. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about how New Mexico has actually revoked a license. Can you believe oh, yes. that? New Mexico is starting to regulate. They revoked a license for selling cannabis from California. And so follow the rules. Even if the regulators don't come and like ask you if you're following the rules, follow the rules. Well, this this one I saw. Uh, first off, you're a shitty criminal for keeping the same packaging. Like if it has California barcodes and marks, that's 101 dumbass. But this same issue, though. Well, now we were out there talking to people in the local um, scene. Uh, one woman uh, was like, "This group rubs me wrong way," and I was like, "How come?" And it's like because they are into bringing stuff from Oklahoma and using it within the the mold of gold prospect mold the gold yeah you know so if you can classify it as industrial hemp and ship it out the back that way that may be a loophole but for bad weed perhaps uh bad weed is is uh yeah the the extraction you're gonna have to blast it and then maybe add synthetic terpenes but disgusting Disgusting. yeah but i'm just saying like they're using out-of-state weed to turn into concentrates it's easier to hide in the in the market whereas these guys i don't know what the f they were doing but uh you want to play a little bit what they were doing that's right, that's right. They were playing Name That Strain. There she is. Look at that one. Miggy is attempting to eat it. It's uh, It's got some frost on it. By the way, I hear it's National Ice Cream Day. Did you know July 16th is National Ice Cream Day? And that is... Uh, I don't believe it has any ice cream genetics in it. I could be wrong on that, though. Let me Where you know? It does sound like a French dessert, though. It does sound like a French dessert. Let's see its parents. Nope, its parents are um, two things. And uh, one of them was the strain of the year last year, Jealousy. Uh, its other one is Biscotti. It's a hybrid. 
And so there's uh Chad's happy there. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. yeah Scotty is. is one of the parents and the other one of course is jealousy jealousy cross with biscotti mm. get you that right there if you dig into that you're going to find some ice cream cake genetics or some some cookie genetics probably i'm smoking on some oh shit, i forgot what i smoked on grape something i love this taste uh, i'm still on that illinois uh purple afghani mm. and a lot of that oh no chad got it Chad got it. Did he get it? No. Uh, no, Chad got really close. Yeah. This is a play on words for somebody who owns cookies. Ah. Uh, hey, I'm going to show you some uh, neat tech. Uh, there's these, uh, where the fuck did I put it? Oh, there it is. There's these joints out here and it's by this company. So, and again, more IP type stuff, right? So the name on here uh, is a different grow. Someone sold them their IP uh, knowledge for like how to make these pre-rolls. Uh, the sell is uh, that they won't ever canoe or ever, uh, pretty much not canoe, but it comes with a butt plug. Oh. That goes in here, and I had to pull it out to get it out of the, the container, but there's a center. It's hollow now. And hmm. the way they pack this joint, uh, it's pretty freaking neat, and it's called PIC, P-I-C. So you guys check them out. You're, some new... Uh, joint rolling knowledge coming out here which blew my mind and i have smoked three of these guys and have yet had one run of me well we're gonna have to talk to our uh craft grow clients out there when they're getting their pre-roll game going on you know it and then also a concentrate game oh yeah we're gonna work on that first we have to lock get get the dispensary open get that first conditional we'll license baby on. yeah that's right yeah. and then we'll worry about the craft grow but for I those of you playing along at at home that is that's right there. It's Burn Scotty. Did you know that? If you take Biscotti and cross it with Jealousy, it's called Burn Scotty. And you can buy it and have it shipped to you only in Alabama, Alaska, Colorado, Maryland, Nevada, New Hampshire, New York, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, Vermont, West Virginia, or Wyoming. So is that which is now? where you were arrested. Because this, technically, is hemp. It has less than 0.3% Delta-9 THC, and therefore, it is Cookie's THCA flower. If you believe that, I have a bridge for sale in Brooklyn. But uh, So yeah, Cookie's is selling hemp now, aren't they? Or seeds? They are selling, they're selling seeds, they're selling THC hemp flower, they're selling everything. Or they're licensing their brand to sell everything. How about yeah. that? Yeah, no, they're, they're bracketing it in with the branding and the, you know, the getting it Packaging out fees. Yeah. Like a lot of packaging fees. Oh, let's go to some financial news. This one was pretty interesting. Uh, it was an alleged marijuana stock pump and dump trader agrees to a fine and a ban. So a federal judge ordered a co-conspiracy in a marijuana stock pump and dump scheme to pay a fine of more than $150,000, court records show, but without admission of any guilt, I did, in my mind, I did nothing wrong, Your Honor, says David Ferraro, uh, who allegedly worked previously with convicted Justin Costello to promote microcap stocks and also conducted his own stock promotion scheme, according to a USC, uh, I'm sorry, USEC attorneys. And then I shouldn't have said USEC because there's only really one Securities and Exchange Commission that I'm aware of, and it's in the United States, but whatever. <laughs> but still, this just shows, though, like, I mean, how still people are getting scammed out of cannabis with sometimes investments, right? No one's looking up people. Like, no one's searching history. It's still kind of the gray area when it comes to, like, knowledge base. It's why you go to people like Tom or, I guess, now me will have the experience of, like, consulting. But, like, you know, we know, like who's been in an industry for a while for the most part you know it's easy ways to find out yep. uh geez that that's sad it's sad to see people still getting burned it is but yeah shout out to clone coach check him out on ig yes but yeah clones are hemp it's yes. the definition of hemp there's a line in the sand and on one side of that line is marijuana and on the other side of that line is hemp and the the line is 0.3 delta 9 thc by dry weight basis and so that give burners selling burn scotty to people in wyoming which is so illegal they don't even have like uh decrim there and so like i was wondering if your arrest in wyoming that you'd showed us 
uh, over the weekend, and I was like, you know, checking, like, you know, okay, good, we can get that. And I'm like, shit, did they, do they got a decrimp? No. And like, it cites it directly. And so, like, oh, cool. it is con- schedule it? one controlled substance of a plant like matter less than three uh, ounces. So, it's possession of less than 500 grams. You so, nailed it. Nailed it. Honest, that was, just, that was yeah. the, the only thing I was really worried about was proving the arrest, right? Because I showed you the other, the other documents, which has my community service, yeah. California, right? And in California. And it has the California also had like that little citation number, but it was from 1997. You know? I know, but I also got busted twice in California. And so it's like, one, I'd kept the documentation. The other one, I don't know why I didn't. But, um, and the reason why I kept the documentation for that one was just to prove, like, look, I took care of the shit I had to do, right? That's why I had on these documents. Say, look, you know, uh, I'm trying to resolve this as a, an adult, as a, a polite society American. I want to face my crimes. But when you can't, uh, that's the hard part. And that's what happened to me in Wyoming. But in California, I did the two things. And because, you know, I guess uh, the way America looks at things now, I can't find those old records. Even though the citation number was written on that community service stuff, there's nowhere in a database. Some has been expunged or whatever, or probably in some sort of file that people don't care about. So I'm glad that Wyoming arrest fucking... There, that Wyoming arrest, and I looked at it, and I and I and, it, and he cited the statute. I pulled the statute, and so like hey. when I pre- present, because I'm going to give this to the regulator yes. and be like, "Here you go, Mr. Regulator, man. It makes perfect sense." And like I'll take all the documents and and use Adobe and and words to just make their job super easy. Uh, and and we're we're almost there, and then we have until August 28th to get it to, to him. So like I'll I'll even go on vacation for a bit and. Uh, but we'll get it done, and then it's because yeah. uh, I have to. Cause, you know, I'm like, putting together like capital raises in my head, and I'm like, uh, I got to talk to Slobodan about these because I have these things that I'm going to sell, and I'm like, well, how much is that worth? Shit, I don't know. We have to run the numbers. All right, we'll run the numbers next week. You know? Yeah, that's all. I mean, once, once the numbers come through, but you know, uh, we know the potential's there, so it's not like I mean, I'm still excited that this could be a, still a functioning thing that we can get going. Um, that again. The California arrest, I told you how it stopped my uh, Navy career as far as like my entry into there. So it was like, shit, if I can't really prove these ones that really fucked my life, you know, mm-hmm. that one that I had from Wyoming was just a very intense little moment because I was a traveling technician at the time, right? So right. not only did I, I had a beard that went a little longer, right? So at the time, and also this is like post like 9-11 type feelings. Uh, and so it the was bathroom, in 12. It was 11 years after 9-11, but still, but still I guess, yeah. I was in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. But see, in the back of my van, though, as a technician, I had scales. I had RF equipment, the little things you see in sci-fi that go beep, beep, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I had many things that were very questionable for someone who doesn't know as a technician. And when he opened up my, uh, my luggage, I had, like, fucking five magazines in there, like, grow magazines that I like to read and, like, the, the culture magazines. And uh, uh, so, like, so what happened was uh, this guy is behind me. I'm on a highway going 60 and uh, uh, cruise control. And he's behind me. Then he pulls it aside. Then he pulls back behind me. This is why I pull up the appearance thing. And plus, I had out-of-state plates. And so he, he lights me up. I'm like, shit, it's fucking 8 o'clock in the morning. I just got done smoking a bowl a half hour before that. And he yep. looks in the window. And I'm very... To me, as a, as, a, as a, my thing about activism, my power is like we're, we got rights as citizens, right? I'm an American citizen. You know, this whole thing is a construct, right? That we do. We believe in the faith and power of what we are. So the guy looks down and, and I want to respect authority. And he's like, is that, is that? And I'm like, yeah, I just I smoked a little bit ago. He's like, how? Just not like a while ago. Next thing I know, I'm in the back of a freaking car in handcuffs, plastic ass seats. He's digging through all my shit, and then he comes back to me. He goes, "Are you, uh, you, you sell? You grow? What, what, what's with the magazines?" I'm like, "I'm just a fucking fan of weed, man. I'm just a connoisseur, and uh, I'm just on my way to checking equipment. This is what I do." And uh, so, yeah, it was like really uh, timing. Uh, he's like, "I can let you go, or I can take you in town." And top it off, I'm driving a fucking company car. <laughs> so yeah. my life just flashed through my eyes. I was ruined. It's gonna get fired. First thing I did when I got back home was told the manager. He's all like, "All right, school man, you got the job done. You did everything you're supposed to do. You didn't get locked up. So, not much you can really." You knew I smoked a lot of weed, so yep. I was like, hey, "Phone coach is asking some interesting questions there. Like that's yeah. a, a that's a poser again. I'm not a criminal lawyer, 
And so like laws for personal use, like the thing is the farm bill said like, if it's hemp, it's not a controlled substance. And so, and, and then the USDA says, here's how you have a license to cultivate it. Right. So let's say that you have some hemp at home and like your plants and veg, for example, um, because there's no THC, there's no, it's clean, it'll test clean, but you don't have a license for it. Uh, how is that a crime? I don't know. I'm not a criminal lawyer, but uh, maybe at the, the state level, like I don't see the feds uh, enforcing that. No, that would be another like civil right, though, I believe. Right. Like cause some things you assume as, like, it would be a supremacy clause issue. And so if yeah. you do get arrested for it, uh, tell your criminal lawyer, who is not me, by the way, I am not a criminal lawyer. Stocks, companies, banks. Fine. I'll, I'll know some things. Criminal. Mm, don't do it. Um, make referrals. But they uh, how do you prove that it was possession of marijuana then if by definition, at least at, least at the federal level, that stuff's hemp and it's not yeah. a controlled substance. And so like then you have a supremacy clause kind of argument where you're like, hey, you can't make this a crime here. The feds said that this is legal and not controlled. But I don't know. That's uh, it might be one of the reasons why the uh, arrests are dropping, because yeah, I, the convictions are probably becoming more difficult. And then the criminal lawyers out there are probably creating more interesting novel defense theories. Once again, not me doing it. Yeah. Well, you got a solid point, though, but also, um, you know, because it being hemp, uh, uh, and, and it was like, shit, like you said, the, the, the inalienable right type thing, but uh, shit, I totally forgot what I was going to go with, man, because I know, huh. you know, like, well, let's, let's, let's do some yeah. charts then. We have some news out of Michigan. This might happen to us one day. Fortunately, we're on the retail side. But uh, again, it could also happen to the retail side if they have a lot of different uh, dispensaries come on. Uh, here is the chart of Michigan cannabis prices. Here's when it launched adult use. December, uh, so like January of 20. Same time that Illinois basically did, uh, which is interesting. And, but then Michigan unlimited licenses, and so the number of licenses just exploded. And so the number of the amount of flour hitting the market and the amount of dispensaries hitting the market just went through the roof, uh, as opposed to Illinois, which stalled it out because of you know the way they rolled it out and how limited it is. But it went up to almost $3,900 in February of 20, and then back up to 3400 in September of 20, and then bang, this is what you call a Croptoberfest right there. Croptoberfest kicked that down 50%. So like a uh, uh, yeah. flooding the market, you think, type thing? Harvest. Right. But So is this price per flower, though, right? Because the higher up is like before Croptober, right? Because everybody's like out of weed for the most part. And then Croptober hits. Now everybody has all the weed you want because as it goes lower... Yep. Right. And then it kind of kind of dried up. And then so yeah. then it dries up through the next year. But there's just still so much supply and, and there's plenty of, of uh, you know, oil. And then uh, here yeah. comes another Croptober. It was a little bit, sle- you know, not as bad. And then this Croptober, you can see, like, people are now losing their shirts. They aren't. The number of licenses mm-hmm. stop. And so this is market stabilization. Uh, will yeah. Illinois go through this? Perhaps it will be much more muted and it'll take time. But um, yeah. this will happen in Illinois. However, we don't allow yet outdoor cultivation. Mm. Well, and then again, that's why it's such an expensive market. Hey, I just remember what I was going to say about the hemp thing, though, too. Is some states, though, have made their own rules about hemp. So look, check yeah. your state rules. Yeah, because the state's going to be the one enforcing the law anyway. Yeah. And then speaking of states, Maryland brought in $20 million in opening week. Oh, I don't have that one queued up, unfortunately. Oh, I can just go like this. Here, let read it. <laughs> Uh, where's the Maryland one? Well, yeah, that's the th- it's, you have your screen that you share. <laughs> See, I'm sharing my screen right now. Look at the screen. Oh. Maryland's adult use sales to top 20 million in opening week. Oh, Up that's hilarious. By business of cannabis. There you go. <laughs> Maryland yeah. sold over 20 million of cannabis products in a week following the inaugural launch of the adult use cannabis sales earlier this month. According to new data published by the Maryland Cannabis Administration, published by the Baltimore Banner. License dispensaries brought up in revenues of $20.9 million in the first week of July, following the launch of adult use sales on July 1st. Damn, more than half of 10.4 was made during the opening weekend. That's a good weekend, July 4th. Oh, my God. Wow. 
And again, like for those of you at home that are following along, there are a hundred dispensaries about in Maryland. And so you would take that 20 million and divide it by a hundred and then you would get a number. Um, it's pretty good, you know? And so now they're gonna have another, they're gonna have a lot more dispensaries hitting Maryland. Uh, they're gonna have micro ones, they're gonna have regular ones, but they're all social equity this round. That'll uh, be coming up this fall. I'll actually be in Maryland uh, this time right. next week. Unfortunately, next week's show is gonna be a little wonky. Um, sorry about next week's show. We're gonna be recorded, right? We're gonna be recorded, right? I, I don't know. They're they're also having me record a lot of stuff while I'm at the show and kind of okay. like co-host. So it's yeah. going to be like me on the Ocho for like, you know, dodgeball. I get to be Jason Bateman's character and shouting a cotton. Like, ah, yeah, you can't do that. But well, uh, we're going to be yeah, inter interviewing people. Right on. And I'll, I'll be in Mexico the following week. So we got the next two weird weeks coming. Oh, boy. We found out we were going to have a sabbatical coming up after an hour. Uh, yeah, we'll figure out something to do. Hopefully, maybe we'll do a Saturday, but it just depends on uh, how the filming schedule is. Maybe what I'll do is when we're doing the filming schedule down there, uh, we'll wedge in a stream yard. I don't know why we can't. Why can't okay. we wedge in a stream yard? Especially, uh, we'll be in Baltimore, so we should have 5G. 5G has got great upload speed, and then we could just do the show, and then I can go do another thing because I'm doing a presentation uh, next Saturday uh, at like 4 o'clock east coast time about incubators and how they can really help your maryland applications likelihood yes. of opening a lot because it's not like we're going to be the ones who are opening our dispensary we're going to have partners that are going to help us get it open and again each state is kind of gamified so you know you, it, it, that's why tom's a good go-to it's all about the game you know it man and uh, let's kind of zoom on down to the end of this because we've been chit-chatting for well over an hour. Yeah. And in theory, I should be doing some stuff. Um, like those guys, they want me to film another one of these YouTubes. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Uh, well, let's wait this other one. But then again, I, I'll, I'll do it. It's just that I don't understand. Though. I don't understand lighting. And so I need to go to like YouTube camp and, and fix my overheads and all this other crap. Uh, we'll do that after the dispensary gets open. Real, real lighting gets hot though, man. Like, like when I did those cut videos, you stand in front of this huge ass lighting thing. It's just like, I get you gotta see every pore, but fuck, it's hot. That's right. And go. that's also our program for the week. The big news is that I'll be in Baltimore uh, talking at the Lucky Leaf Expo all about social equity and cannabis. They have lotteries coming up in Baltimore. It'll be a very similar lift to what Miggy and I will be going through in Illinois. So tune in because you'll see what you're getting yourself into. And uh, the other thing is, big news of the week, Miggy's Pot Shop we won. was drawn as a conditional license winner. We are now assembling our uh, package for the regulators to prove compliance. And then after that, there will be more package assembly for proving of compliance in the future. Like a lot, a lot, a lot. It's uh, It was a heck of a lift getting the first Illinois one open. So, Oh, we'll I, I, this is not going to be an easy thing, but I'm excited to be watching it and actually now have real, uh, I guess, skin in the game and input when it comes to like, when we talk about this and damn every, the, the market and all the other shit. It's uh Well, yes, amazing. when we're, when we're giving a capital contribution to the C Corp, that's going to give us the ability to make a capital gains free exit. Uh, the equity in the cannabis licenses ain't worth nothing. It's probably worth closer to like $1.5 million. And so if you're going to be able to give 1.5, well, if we collectively are able to give $1.5 million in valuation value to a company, what are they bringing? Right. You know, right. That's Exciting. one of those. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Hey, uh, catch us from the Lucky Leaf Expo. That'll probably be what we do. We'll probably do a live one. I'll be there. Maybe I'll see you. Uh, and if not, you know, it'll be 420 sometime. Damn right. Smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them, everybody. We'll see you next week.